The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. Well, U.S. inflation picked up at the end of 2023. The data reflected higher housing costs and an unexpected increase in used vehicle prices. And the figures also show that the Fed is facing a bumpy path to taming inflation. We heard earlier from Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester. I think March is probably too early in my estimation um, for a rate decline because I think we need to see some more evidence. I think the December CPI report just shows there's more work to do. And that work is going to take restrictive monetary policy. Loretta Mester. Richmond Fed President Thomas Barkin also weighed in. He repeated he's still looking for more evidence that inflation is heading toward the Fed's 2% goal. And Chicago Fed President Austin Goolsby agreed, reportedly, telling Reuters it's too soon to make a decision about a rate cut in March. Well, trading began today here in the U.S. for the first ETFs that directly invest in Bitcoin. Bloomberg data show over $4.6 billion worth of these ETFs traded. There are 11 of them. They invest in the U.S. spot Bitcoin market. Now, this comes just a day after these ETFs won approval from the Securities and Exchange Commission. Bloomberg's Mike McGlone tells us the hype may not last, given the history of Bitcoin. One of the riskiest assets, it has a very high volatility, and it went down the most in 2022. On the way down, it went up a lot in 2023. But unlike the stock market or... Um, gold, it's still well below its old high. That is Bloomberg's Mike McGlone. By the way, at one point today, Bitcoin was above 49,000 at the moment, Brian, 46,400. Hmm. Well, the Federal Aviation Administration has opened a formal investigation now of Boeing following last week's accident on one of its passenger jets. Let's get that story from Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow. The FAA said in a post on X that this incident should never have happened and it cannot happen again. Later on in that statement, it flags Boeing's manufacturing practices needing to comply with high safety standards that they are legally accountable to meet. And that is Ed Ludlow. The FAA investigation is a result of the midair blowout of a so-called door plug on a 737 MAX 9 jet that was operated by Alaska Airlines. It happened on January 5th, and Boeing stock today was down two and a quarter percent. The rental car company Hertz is planning to sell a third of its electric vehicle fleet, and the company will reinvest in gas-powered vehicles. Now, Hertz cited weak customer demand along with high repair costs for those battery-powered options. The announcement, kind of a sharp turn from what Hertz let us know back in 2021 when it announced plans to buy 100,000 vehicles from Tesla. Bloomberg's David Welch breaks down what changed. What's happening here is because consumers have sort of slowed their demand for EVs, which we saw early last year, which resulted in Tesla discounting vehicles rapidly, 25, 30 percent, those discounts lower the value of the cars in Hertz's fleet. 
So Hertz has to log those depreciation costs. They take a hit on that when they sell the vehicles after renting them for three months, six months, however long they have them in the fleet. That is Bloomberg's David Welch. Now, Hertz was saying today it's going to keep a close eye on EV demand, both at dealerships in the U.S., along within its own operations as a way of deciding whether or not Hertz should buy more EVs. The stock today was down about 4% in the regular session. Well, we're hearing a government review of the sale of U.S. steel to a Japanese company could take longer than you think. We get more here from Bloomberg's Denise Pellegrini. Pittsburgh-based U.S. Steel and its proposed buyer, Nippon Steel, have both said a deal would likely close by spring or summer. But now we're hearing U.S. government review of the more than $14 billion deal could take at least until the end of this year and possibly even longer. The sources say scrutiny by the Secretive Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S. is still in its early stages. The interagency panel, known as CFIUS, is led by the Treasury Department. It has the power to approve, block, or amend the U.S. Steel deal on national security grounds, or it can send to President Biden for a decision. Denise Pellegrini, Bloomberg Radio. Well, later today, China will report its latest inflation figures. Consumer prices probably fell in the month of December for a third straight month, however, a little more slowly than the decline we saw in November. We have a preview now from Bloomberg's Joanne Wong in Hong Kong. Consensus is for CPI to drop four-tenths of a percent year-on-year and PPI 2.6%. The pace of declines is expected to ease, but a sluggish recovery means deflationary pressures will likely not let up anytime soon. Bloomberg Economics said deflation may extend through the first half of 2024. Looking at trade data, export growth may have picked up, but Bloomberg Economics sees the details as more concerning. Imports are likely to drop by a wider margin. And that adds to the case that more policy support is needed. In Hong Kong, I'm Joanne Wong, Bloomberg Radio. It's time for global news. A military strike against Houthi rebels in Yemen seems imminent. We get the story from Dan Schwartzman in New York. Dan. Yeah, Brian, UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has authorized military action against the Houthi rebels in Yemen as the militants have kept up missile and drone attacks against commercial vessels transiting the Red Sea. Sunak's cabinet approved the decision with airstrikes reportedly possible as early as tonight. Both the UK and the US have repeatedly warned the Iran-backed Houthi rebels that there would be consequences if they kept up attacks against commercial vessels. Now, the leader of the militant group has had a big response against the U.S. and allies if they do launch military action against the Yemeni-based group. Abdul Malik al-Houthi says, quote, any American attack won't go unpunished. They've now launched 27 attacks against commercial vessels transiting the Red Sea. They say as a response to Israel's war in Gaza. Al-Houthi says the group wants direct confrontation with America, England, and Israel. Pentagon spokesman Major General Patrick Ryder gives details on the latest attack. The Houthis fired an anti-ship ballistic missile uh, from Houthi-controlled areas in Yemen into international shipping lanes in the Gulf of Aden. Uh, The reports indicate one commercial vessel reported visually observing the missile impact the water. That's Pentagon spokesman Major General Patrick Ryder. Donald Trump did end up speaking during closing arguments in his nearly 11-week fraud trial in New York, ranting for five minutes even before being granted permission by the judge. Trump was cut off as he came up on about six minutes when the judge told Trump's attorney to control his client. The former president claimed the case was a political witch hunt against him. Trump is accused of inflating his assets to get more favorable terms on hundreds of millions of dollars of loans. New York State Attorney General Letitia James is arguing for Trump to have to pay $370 million for alleged illegal profits. James says Trump isn't above the law. 
At the end of the day, the point is simple. No matter how powerful you are, no matter how rich you are, that no one is above the law and that the law applies to all of us equally and fairly. That's New York Attorney General Letitia James. A polar vortex is set to hit much of the country this weekend, with temperatures expected to drop to as low as minus 9 degrees in Iowa City, while Kansas City will fall to minus 5 degrees. The deep cold is expected to reach as far south as Texas, with Dallas expecting temperatures to reach 15 degrees on Monday, with Houston bracing for 24 degrees on Tuesday. Now, the northeast, though, is going to be much warmer. New York seeing temperatures reach as high as 60 degrees on Saturday. Crazy weather around the country coming up this weekend and after 24 years and six Super Bowl rings Bill Belichick is leaving the New England Patriots as crazy as that sounds global news 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now I'm Dan Schwartzman and this is Bloomberg join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas podcast it's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers subscribe wherever you get your podcast invest 30 minutes today American Funds Distributors Inc the countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Paul Allen. It's 11 minutes past the hour. Let's get to our guest, Larry Liebert, Bloomberg editor on the International Economics and Security team. And we wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, these reported attacks that could be launched on Houthi rebels uh, in Yemen. So, Larry, we're hearing that the U.K. approved joining the U.S. I don't think the U.K. would be leading the charge on this, uh, right? This is probably something that uh, that they have approved now to join in. We just don't know anything on about the timing. Uh, what are you hearing? Well, I, I think you have it right. Uh, Bloomberg's Alex Wickham in London uh, confirmed from uh, Sources familiar with the matter that uh, the U.K. prime minister and his cabinet have authorized action with the U.S. against the Houthi rebels in Yemen. Uh, and that's a, a real step forward in terms of uh, the consequences promised uh, by the U.S. and its allies if the uh, Houthi rebels kept on up their attacks against vessels passing through the Red Sea, which they have even today. Uh, again, the U.S. hasn't confirmed any of this in terms of timing, and certainly we don't have any details about what uh, an attack, presumably an air attack, would involve. Uh, there's been speculation, not necessarily sourced or informed, uh, that they might go for a major warehouse or some facility in Yemen. Uh, and uh, but that's still to be seen in coming hours, including uh, if the U.S. confirms uh, from its side. Yes. Yeah, so we don't know anything about the timing, but uh, if history is any guide, what do we know about the potential scale? You mentioned a possible target there. And what assets does, do the U.S. and the U.K. have in the area? Well, basically, this would be an air attack, and they have uh, ample uh, facilities, uh, weaponry in the region, including on the aircraft carriers that they've, uh, um, aircraft carrier and battle groups that they've uh, brought into the region since uh, uh, the battle began uh, between uh, Hamas and Israel. Uh, the real challenge here is whether 
even a single attack to send us to send a signal uh, would risk widening the war. Uh, the Houthis in advance have said that any U.S. attack uh, would bring uh, uh, U.S. or uh, allied attack would bring a firm, uh, a firm response by them. We had heard that President Biden would speak to the nation, but presumably that would be after and not before the attacks. It seems that there was some confusion there. Can you clear that up for us? Yeah, I don't think of a we're not again, we're not hearing anything official. I have to emphasize that uh, they're discouraging speculation uh, uh, on on timing, the type of attack other than to say there will be consequences. Uh, the sense I get is that uh, the president uh, isn't planning to speak tonight. And I do think that uh, while this any such uh, effort uh, in Yemen, any attack in Yemen, would risk widening the war. I think uh, most uh, analysis, analysis is that it would be uh, a somewhat limited attack uh, to send a strong signal, but a signal rather than uh, some sort of effort to, uh, uh, in, a, in a single gesture, wipe out the Houthis or engage them in warfare. Yeah, the uh, Houthis have promised reprisals if any attack goes ahead. Uh, what sort of reprisals might we reasonably anticipate, and how well resourced are the Houthis? Well, they they're they're well resourced with uh, with weapons that it, they've obtained over time uh, from Iran. They're well placed because uh, uh, they're in Yemen with a formidable presence, uh, really uh, at the mouth of the Red Sea. Uh, and uh, the question is, will they try to attack some of the uh, U.S. Uh, military uh, uh, resources in the region uh, or those at sea? Uh, and I think those are all possibilities. The Houthis are seemingly fighting for more influence under the Iranian umbrella. Uh, but what are some of their other more specific aims or goals? It's an interesting question because clearly Iran uh, is supporting them. Uh, Iran uh, has armed them. Iran uh, isn't doing anything to stop them. But there is a question uh, that's been raised by various analysts as to whether the Houthis have their own agenda and there are uh, to, to maintain influence, to be regional players, uh, to be players in this sort of uh, axis of, uh, of uh, allies uh, backed by Iran. Uh, whether they really are, are looking for a bigger role in the region, uh, maybe even a bigger one than Iran had uh, counted on for them. What sort of commentary have we heard from Iran? Uh, well, Iran has uh, has basic has not entirely uh, zeroed in, from what I can recall, on uh, specifics of the Houthi attacks in the Red Sea, but they do uh, speak out about the U.S. Uh, uh, support for Israel, uh, and uh, that's uh, always been a very powerful motivation for them, uh, uh, not only in international affairs, but at home politically, where Israel and the U.S. have become, are of course, their great villains. It's interesting, Larry, because Houthis are attacking uh, commercial shipping in the Red Sea, but not, not ships from all nations, only from selected nations. Uh, I think our audience would probably enjoy being enlightened a little bit about how they're making those choices. Well, I think everybody would be because they have said uh, that they are only hitting ships that are headed for Israel, have some form of Israeli ownership or some other connection. Uh, but according to all of the uh, shipping uh, experts and uh, indications that we have, 
uh, they're off base on that, and, and it, it hasn't really been uh, as targeted as they profess. Uh, but certainly in a few cases, they have found uh, vessels that uh, either have some Israeli ownership, uh, have uh, brought uh, material to Israel yeah. in the past. And uh, the Houthis are not just some rebel group in Yemen. They are firmly entrenched. We'll have to save that, Larry, for another discussion. Thanks so much for joining us here live on the program. Larry Lieber, Bloomberg editor on the International Economics and Security Team. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.